Coffee Sketch Podcast is our take on the intersection of old tech and new tech, the space between the traditional practice of the hand-drawn sketch that has been performed by architects and designers for centuries, and the modern-day use of the hashtag as a representation of a sentiment or a movement. Each week, we plan to deliver a new pod about our ideas, sketches, and what's going on in our daily lives as we pursue our love of architecture, design, and sharing this knowledge with the next generation. I'm Kurt, and I'm in Flint. And I'm Jamie, and I'm in Austin. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Kurt. How are you? Doing all right. And uh, looking to start this cup of coffee. And how are you? How about you? Good. Real good. So we've got some. <laughs> we've got. We've got an interesting uh, episode here. Um, maybe. Maybe not as. Uh, we've. We've had some. Some very optimistic and positive ones here of late, uh, and this one might take a, a little bit uh, sadder turn. I know. Yeah. I guess the. the stuttered in intro is just because it's uh it's a tough tough subject so what's happened in recent events is the roof of notre dame has suffered a massive fire that uh destroyed a lot of the structural uh cover the components that held up the roof of structural elements but the interesting thing i've heard some things anecdotally that a lot of the uh, irreplaceable artwork was undamaged. At least at first, uh, the first response seems to be that you know the structural components of the roof, total loss, a lot of uh, you know sort of priceless artifacts inside the um, sanctuary space were saved. And so that's that's uh, at least a, a silver lining to what's going on. But so if, if anyone doesn't know, the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris uh, had a, a massive fire recently. And so I figured, you know, so some of your sketches this week are um, sort of in response and because you've been to Notre Dame and, and so you're sort of putting your pencil to the paper to sort of get some of that energy out i imagine of what's gone on recently and then and then i've never been there but um you know notre dame is you know one of the most studied buildings for architecture students i'm sure it's a a beautiful cathedral for the catholic diocese it's a um a landmark of paris uh had a huge history over over the hundreds of years it's been around, um, but because of your sketches, my first reaction is um, of the physical geometry of Notre Dame and and the the spire, the dome, that those vertical elements which were damaged in this fire, um, but they they reference me. We've talked about this in some of the other religious structures. Um, but uh, a book that we were required to read as undergraduates in architecture was, I can't pronounce this right, I'm sure, but it's Eliade, Eliade. Um, and the title of the book was uh, something like Between the Sacred and the Profane. And it wasn't, it's not necessarily an architecture book. It's more of a, his, uh, a historical narrative or some sort sort of, semi uh how do you, semi-fiction semi-non-fiction 
Uh, kind of similar in vain, I, I would say, and this is memory, so if I'm wrong, um, our, our audience can correct me, but the, the intent of it is that, so similar to like uh, Invisible Cities from Italo Calvino, we've talked about before, uh, as far as like the narration of, of the impact of space. And so the between the sacred and profane is is this, the plane of the earth, right, is we're down here and, and in religious uh, organizations, uh, you know, a, a lot of references made to the heavens above. Right. And so, uh, Catholic structures, uh, well, I guess even pagan or, uh, semi religious spaces like the Pantheon, um, so not necessarily a religious structure, but it, over time people were interested in this. So, you know, there's three axes, right? There's an X axis, a Y axis, and the Z axis. And that Z axis is the one that connects you to to your God, right? It, for whatever religion or uh, worship aspect, you know, we're not trying to pick one out of the other. But so they in, in this book, they call that the axis mundi, which in Latin would be sort of the the world axis or the the celestial axis, I guess. And so you have these vertical elements in buildings like at Notre Dame that, you know, from the interior uh, space, you can see that this spire or dome rise up. And then, you know, oftentimes in, in uh, Catholic or Christian churches that, that vertical element is, is, directly above the altar of the church. So the altar representing in a Christian sense, the location of um, the body and the blood and, and the, the um, sacraments of Christianity. And so that's where you have this physical line in the Z direction from the heavens down to us humans here on earth. And so that's always fascinated me with religious buildings and, and sort of the, the pairing of architecture as far as the, the, the practice of designing space along with uh, the, the, um, uh, the, the, uh, how do I say, uh, sacrament or um, uh non-tangible i had i really know how to put it <laughs> but the, this it's so it's it's a well it's 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 it, it goes back to the it's you know uh, you know we've talked about it before and i i've referred to it as the the storytelling uh, of a project and so each each building um or uh, each project that we encounter has a story and so it's you know part of it is a listening process with a client um, or it's a research aspect where we're, we're learning something about a program. Uh, and so what you're describing is, you know, how do you uh, underpin uh, a theological or religious or a sacred uh, concept, um, you know, that's very, very important to a particular group of people or person um, into an actual physical form, um, you know, of a building uh, that's, that both you occupy, but that you see and that the building itself maybe gives clues about um, some of those, those bigger, broader concepts uh, and, or things that are, are particularly important to the people that occupy that space. 
Um, you know, in the, in the case of Notre Dame, I think, you know, there's sort of two aspects of it is, is one, what you're talking about at the crossing. So the, the plan of Notre Dame is, is of course studied by many an architecture student and architect alike. Um, and is really one of the finest examples, arguably one of the finest examples of Gothic architecture. So prior to the Gothic, you had the Romanesque, um, and in the Gothic period, you're starting to have um, an enlightenment of form um, and an enlightenment of reason. And um, some of that reason is really starting to take a physical form in the cathedrals uh, that were being uh, designed at the time. Um, the aspect of the Gothic that really, um, really starts to talk about your axis mundi, the Z direction and this, this, um, this view upward um, for lack of a better uh, phraseology is how do you get the building that is made of stone um, and wood um, and really kind of has a very physical heavy presence um, Roman, if you've been to a Romanesque church, many Romanesque churches, um, though they have the same sort of cathedral um, plan, a, a very strong X and Y, a nave, um, uh, I, you know, a cross axis, you know, it, it takes the form of a cross, um, you know, that's very, very common and very familiar to folks. Um, the thing that a Romanesque church often has is it's very dark. Um, you know, they're, they generally are very dark spaces. Um, they, they do have some natural light, um, but there were some limitations about how many windows you could put into a space like that. And what the Gothic, what the Gothic churches really started mm-hmm. to uh, employ was this, um, this technique of the flying buttress and the ribs um, that really started to pull the structure away as a physical form um, from the sides uh, of the building. And in doing so, you get this um, skeletal appearance that allows for you to puncture holes through the walls and then have these amazing stained glass um, light sources, you know, throughout the space, as opposed to in earlier versions where it was limited. Um, and so, and so in doing that, that, Mm -hmm. that sort of skeletal structure really starts to, um, force the eye of the occupant to both when you're outside, but also inside really start to look upward, you know, towards the heavens. Um, and, and that sort of idea and that motion and, uh, that spirit of place, uh, really starts to become really evident in the Gothic you know, cathedrals and, and Notre Dame, you know, n- not just staying on a, a, a religious side is from a secular side, you know, from a, just being a, um, um, a resident of Paris, um, or a visitor to Paris. Um, a lot of the people in talking about, um, this particular building, um, you know, you know, talked about its importance to the, to the city of Paris, to the culture, to the people, um, you know, in news reports, it was highlighted, which is true, that um, distances to other cities in France are measured from Notre Dame. So, you know, you have you have this building that is really the epicenter of of Paris life, uh, for lack of a better term. And and I think that, you know, the, the two ske- the two sketches that I initially did and then one later on that week um 
you know, we're really trying to capture that, that idea of, of, of how I felt when I saw this building that I'd seen and studied in books so many years before. Um, and I had always wanted to go to Paris. Um, as I'd mentioned, um, in a previous episode, you know, I, I'm from Montreal, so I, I speak a little French. Um, but you know, Paris was always something that was, um, you know, kind of in, in, uh, you know, on the high on the list to go see in Notre Dame, of course, you know, being at the pinnacle of that. Um, and then as an architect, uh, of course, you know, the things that you've talked about, you know, experiencing that space is, is one is, is an amazing, amazing thing. And, and the third sketch really starts to talk about the inside and sort of alludes to the things that you're talking about with that, that axis mundi and that, that, you know, both an axis in space, um, you know, a procession through the space, but then also that, you know, pushing your eye upward. Yeah. The, yeah, I really like that interior sketch. Um, and, and we've talked about it in the past, right? It, Jamie's sketches are more, well, the ones we've covered so far are more exterior and few are interior. So it's nice to see, uh, some of both, especially in the same building. And, and that, so and that reminds me what you mentioned is, is the, the structural, the, the inherited historical reference that, that Notre Dame is now to Parisians and uh, French in that it's, you know, it's a destination, it's a landmark in the city. It's a, it's a geographic landmark as far as measuring distances to and from it. And so it, it brings up this question as architects now, you know, what do we make of this, fire damage tragedy you know historical it, you know the united states has a certain way of handling historical preservation projects uh, of this magnitude but that is may not be the same philosophy that the country of france and the <clears throat> the region in where paris is uh handle landmark buildings and and so you know even across the country in the united states state to state uh, can have little adaptations of what we call the secretary of interior standards for historic preservation um, is, is a very interpretable document. And so, you know, being here in the, in the States, I look at what happened at Notre Dame and I wonder, you know, well, do you rebuild it exactly the way it was as if, um, you know, nothing happened or, does it change? And, and, you know, while we were recording this, there, a little time has passed between the event and some of the aftermath. And it was kind of surprising to me to see certain renderings pop up on Twitter and things like that of proposed rebuild projects for this. Cause I mean, there's, it, it's a very big, it's going to be a very big project. And I was very surprised to see certain renderings already popping up of like, well, here's how we rebuild it. And some are, some have been super conceptual and then some are more pragmatic, but I, I, I was just generally kind of shocked about that. And, and our, I know our, our fellow podcasts that, that I listen to, and I think you listen to too, have talked about architectural related, you know, have talked about this a little bit. So I don't want to cover any of that same territory, but I don't know. I don't know what you think about it. I, I still like 
un, I'm indeterminate. I don't know how how to rebuild it. But since you've been there, I mean, what would you? How would you say? What would you say about that? Well, I, well, I think I think my first reaction is 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 a, a lot along the lines of what you're saying, and and then you know what what I've been hearing, um, you know, in, in some other episodes that other other folks have recorded that I've been reading um, and some of the renderings that I've been seeing, you know, one, one, I think one news article that I read um, here recently, um, there was a, a letter signed by uh, 1200 French architects. Um, and I think that the quote that's sort of, um, and, and they were sort of sending it, you know, officially to the government, you know, and um, you know, because Notre Dame is a, is a cultural landmark, um, not just a, a religious one. I mean, it is an active church, but it is, is also a, a, a cultural landmark. And I think that that's something that in the United States, we don't necessarily think that, you know, there's a, there's a definite um, differentiation between the two. Um, and there's sort of a blurring mm-hmm. of that. Um, you know, something I, I thought of is, you know, when, when I encounter buildings like this, I, I think of other buildings that I've been to um, that have you know, evolved over time. And it's, it's that idea of time and place that is something that, you know, in our daily lives here in the U.S. is, is, uh, uh, is sometimes difficult to kind of grasp. Um, and, you know, th- you know, this, this particular building you know, right. took 200 years, you know, uh, to be sort of completed in its first form. Um, and then, and then really experienced a lot more after that as well, including the spire, the spire wasn't, wasn't built in that first, that first phase. Um, so, you know, I, I think buildings like the Pantheon we've talked about before, that's, you know, my personal favorite building, um, that building is, you know, in the thousands of years old, uh, category and, um, and has, you know, has been, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't initially a Catholic right. church, but became a Catholic church, you know, in its, you know, second or third life, and then was, uh, you know, unconsecrated uh, and become uh, a cultural institu- institution and, and landmark in the city of Rome. Um, you know, but a lot of the the remnants of its earlier past lives are all there. Um, when I was in Istanbul, I saw Hagia Sophia, and same thing. You have, uh, you know, the World Heritage Site, uh, thankfully, you know, going through some, you know, beautiful restorations, um, but at the same time that there's these restorations, it's had, uh, a life as, uh, you know, a seat of Christianity, you know, when that was Constantinople, um, and then became a mosque, um, you know, for the Islamic faith. Um, and now is neat. And now, and I, yeah, no, yeah, I've been there. Um, and, 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 mm-hmm. And, and and have you been there? Sorry to enter. Well, and 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 now that space is you know, and that Ugh. building is neither. It's just a cultural Ugh, institution man, that, that, longer that than alludes mine. to both things. <laughs> um, and I think, and I have a feeling that if that perspective, you know, comes to bear, um, though this is still a Catholic church, yeah. Um, you know, if that if think if that perspective comes to bear, at least from our profession, um, I, I think that that would be wise. Um, I think, you know, this letter from these French architects that I read and what stood out to me was they, you know, a quote saying, um, let's not erase the complexity of the thought that must surround this site beyond. And I think that that's the thing that Americans and, and a lot of people just, I think, worldwide are now everything. Time is accelerated so quickly in our daily lives that we're so quick to judge or we're quick to act. Um, and we look for those efficient ways to do that. 
And I think in something like this, we probably need to have a little bit of pause. And um, there's a lot of work ahead in just stabilizing the structure, which they're doing right now. Um, but then I think there's there's probably plenty of time uh, to rebuild mm-hmm. um, and what that is and what form that is, I think, um, you know, is, is yet to be seen. And that's I think that's a really good way to put it and thinking about <clears throat> not rushing to a conclusion. And while there, you know, there is merit to the renderings that certain people have put out, um, that can all go into the, the, the conversation and not something that, you know, is, well, we're picking this one and we're going, but you know, all of these concepts. And I, and I think those are, those are all products of the fact that this, building has a significance to so many people around the world um and you know not just architects and so it's not just about us well exactly (laughs) Uh, and and i think that there's you know there's you know there's some you know inventive techniques that um you know and that's that's part of this is that a building like this and and this is you know sort of the thinking that i had and sort of as i'm as I'm doing some of these sketches that we're talking about is, you know, I have family members, you know, who haven't been there um, and friends and, you know, in talking to them, they sort of are asking questions about what they're seeing on the news and, um, and they know that I've been there and I can also sketch and, you know, sort of explain how some of the structure works and what they're talking, what they're talking about with these, these groin vaults and, and what collapsed and what didn't, um, but, oh, yeah. you know, these these buildings, you know, that are that are you know trying to be maintained because they are so old, um, the technology has changed. And that's not to say that that technology should be um, discounted. It's just that, you know, for the for the preservationist who argues that it, it needs to be restored exactly the way it was, um, that's probably not feasible. Um, because, because a lot of the materials, um, that would have, would have been used or would have, or were employed are not things that we would, we would use today. Um, and, you know, either because they're not safe or, um, or not readily available. Um, and, uh, and, right. and, but, but by the same token, you know, um, buildings like this, that, um, they have existed for hundreds of years, um, is that, they, their iteration, their, their inception was one where the architects and artists and artisans of the day, um, really were aspirational and influenced by new building techniques. So I think that there's, there's something to be said for that argument as well. Um, I, I've, I've read where people have talked about 3d printing, um, you know, using some of the material, some of the raw material, um, I think that's, you know, that's a great story. I don't know how realistic it is at this point, um, for the, for the, like salvage, salvaging some of the rubble and converting it into something that can be 3D yes. printed. Yeah. So there's, it's like, uh, baking in some of the history exactly. into the new. Exactly. And I, and I think it's, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how feasible it exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> But it is. I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's aspects of the building that haven't been damaged, and I think that that's the thing is that, um, you know, I know you have, you know, uh, experience with preservation as as do I, um, and a lot of what um, that time 
quotient that really has to come into play at the beginning is is analysis. It's sort of realizing uh, we do this in our projects anyways when they're not preservation projects. Uh, if we're doing just a a renovation or an addition or exploring a new site, you know, we're we're having to listen to folks um, that are there, um, do some research or evaluate in some cases what the building is that we're we're first coming upon. And I think that that evaluation and safety um, that they're doing right now is really, really important. Um, you know, then some of these theoretical and cultural um, and or religious even underpinnings, um, then those things start to, you know, to come into um, the conversation. But before that, I think it's a little bit premature. I think it's mm-hmm. premature. Um, and, um, and, I, and I think, you know, I, I'd, I'd probably just leave it there for myself at this point. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you and me are going to be picking this up in future episodes of the podcast as things progress, just because it's going on right now. And it's, it's quite fascinating of a event on a, on a very well-known building. So it's not something to, it's definitely going to cross our radar a few times. And, and so moving, moving on, I guess, to a final thought for me, since this, this is still something ongoing is the, uh, the, the interesting thing you, one of the things you brought up is the, when these things were designed originally and built, uh, especially e- even as this thing took so long to to get completed in construction, you know, the, we we as architects are always often designing buildings, trying to use the most cutting edge, state of the art methodology of of constructing and implementing the building, the design into a real building. And I think when when things age, and I'm bringing back in the conversation of the. Secretary of Interior Standards, uh, what we use in this country for guiding historic preservation is there's sort of a range of uh, observation and review. Uh, what was the term you used? Well, there, um, there's you know, prescriptive treatments, um, but there's an examination that you know, yeah. certainly has to come into play at the beginning. And and then identifying, uh, it's, it's never a, a clean line that says, well, we're going to stop here and start here. Sometimes there is, you know, where the old building ends and the new building begins, you create some sort of delineation. But, um, you know, like you've mentioned also too, is is that we now have completely new technology methods to, that if we were to design Notre Dame today, we would be using very different, materials and methods to construct that. And even though you could create the same aesthetic on the finish of the material, the bones behind that finished material would not be, um, you know, old growth lumber and, and stone and clay and things like that, that are, um, that we're holding up the roof before, right? You know, we're not going to find thousand-year-old trees to <laughs> turn well, into no, uh, beans. And that's and, and that's the thing is, and 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 part of that, and I'll just you know sort of add is, you know, I I've been working on a project 
um, for some time. Um, it's, it happens to be a church as well. And there's going up into the attic space myself with my structural engineer and looking at, at sort of these timber, these mm-hmm. timber beams, um, that are supporting this roof structure is sort of amazing. And because the, the, the tree that, that created that piece of lumber, um, that is used now as a, as a beam in this church that can't be seen by anybody. Um, it's, it's a concealed space, um, is, is not something that we have access to anymore. Um, and so it's, you know, a structural evaluation has to be done, you know, both on, you know, obviously the building's still standing and there's integrity in in that, but then it's, how do we properly, uh, make sure that it continues to stand for another hundred years. And, and beyond that, if we're going to do anything else to stress it, um, what does that do to the existing structure? And then, um, how do we, reveal those things or even is it appropriate to, I mean, there's, there's plenty of questions, you know, that, that really impact all these projects. And I think that Notre Dame is at a scale where, um, you know, all those things come into play and and certainly many, many more, but you also have the added aspect of, um, you know, because it's a cultural and civic icon, icon, um, you know, the lens of the world is looking at it. Um, and I think that that really make, you know, really, you know, it, you know, makes it, um, you know, remarkable. Um, you know, one thing I read, I don't know if you saw this was that, and and it made me kind of realize it too, is, you know, just as we opened this episode talking about how architects and students of architecture and artists and, uh, just, you know, people of history, um, have studied this building. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's found in literature and movies and pop culture, um, you know, it, it's had a, certainly had a big impact on, on, you know, people from all over the world. Um, but in that study, a lot of people in our industry, um, have, um, really documented this building and really studied it from, a mm-hmm. um, and really know all the things, um, that are there. And so I think that it's a, it's a golden opportunity for people to try and really push the envelope on restoration which would be one of those secretary of interior standards. Um, so you have rehabilitation, restoration, reconstruction, and interpretation. Um, right. And I yeah. think a lot of the renderings that we were seeing is probably in the interpretation category. Um, and yeah, right now. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, the, I did read that, uh, headline where, or article where there is, a lot of documentation that exists on this, which is another rare thing um, in, in, I would say your everyday buildings and even your, you know, everyday or your religious structures like you're working on. And and, and I actually, we're working on in our office um, trying to help an old church in Flint that has a, a roof where the trusses are, I mean, they're a hundred years old, so they're drying out and they're cracking. And so the roof has sagged. So we have a similar project going on in the office. Um, but there's no, I mean, there are no drawings that existed or exist from, from original. And so, yeah, we have the same issues. Like the, the roof has 
now pushed the walls out because the roof is sagging. So, you know, the whole thing works exactly. as a system. And just like Notre Dame's roof where, you know, there's definitely a lot of work they have to do to uh, minimize any further damage due to the fact that the roof is not tying it all together and things like that. So um, it, it just brings up the conversation of uh, uh, where, you know, definitely use the tools that you have at your disposal. Right. And so I, I hope with Notre Dame, they have um, decades or hundreds of years of architecture uh, students and professionals having uh, documented the heck out of this thing. I, I, I heard one other one last anecdote for me is that there was a, um, um, I forget the video game company that, uh, it's like Assassin's Creed, I think. And I didn't read the whole thing. So I hope this isn't a total, you know, red herring or something like that. But the fact that they modeled the heck out of Notre Dame, Notre Dame, sorry, uh, Notre Dame's in Indiana. Um, the, this video game company modeled this cathedral to the nth degree because they were trying to make a very accurate video game. And because of that, they also have a very detailed 3D drawing of Notre Dame. And so there's this interesting crossover modern collaboration that you can have with architects and game designers to understand what what documentation exists and how much, you know, if you can get it from as many sources as possible so that you can create the best possible rebuild. So that's that's an interesting thing that maybe as as this stuff unfolds, you know, becomes uh, part of the conversation. Yeah, I think that you know we're we're seeing a lot of people in our industry talking about augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, virtual designing, um, you know, drawing with a headset on. Um, so I, I think there's there's plenty of things that will will probably mm-hmm. uh, come out of a project like this that's had you know worldwide exposure. Um, so uh, I think there'll be um, maybe a, a, a new renaissance of uh, architectural interest, um, you know, coming from a, a terrible tragedy. That's a that's a good point to bring up, and and I think something we should just leave on that note is kind of the the silver lining or the high note for this kind of uh, tr- tragic event, um, but that it it sort of brings to light. A, the subject of architecture and preservation and the meaning of space for not just the architects and builders who make them, but for those that use them day to day. So thanks for bringing that no, up. No, thank you. This has been good. And and so I'll let you go and we'll pick up with some new sketches next week. Thanks, Kurt. We thanks both a lot. hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Coffee Sketch Podcast. Our theme music is provided by my brother who goes by at Cold Fashioned on Instagram and Twitter. Our podcast is hosted at coffeesketch.buzzsprout.com. Find more show notes and information from this episode. And finally, if you like what you heard, please rate us on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you.